Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and I have a very special guest here today who is also a friend of mine, and I have had the pleasure of collaborating with uh, several times. She has been on the podcast before, so some of you might rem- remember her. It is That Witch Karina from The Witches Inn. She is a professional witch, tarot reader, and identity coach, and she's going to be hanging out with me here for a little while. We're going to chat about life, chat about witchery, and also chat about her upcoming class at the season of the Witch Virtual Conference. Welcome, Karina. Thank you for having me. Oh, good. <laughs> for one second, I thought, uh-oh, the mic's not working, but I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Doing well. Yeah. Can't complain. This summer was a summer. summer (laughs) (laughs) The solar energy was fierce. That it was. It wasn't fierce in the sky. It was a fairly cold winter here in Ontario. You mean summer? Summer in Ontario. (laughs) But um, now that September hit, it's like, hey, let's let's show you what you missed. Well, I know before we hopped on here, we were just talking about this wasp, this wasp, these wasps that came to live in your home. And, um, and that in and of itself is like, I mean, so symbolic, right? You can pull so many things out of that. Like this colony comes to move into your home. Are they encroaching on your home? Are they bringing protection? Like just out of curiosity, how did you read that? So it's, it's interesting because for me, this these past couple months, I have felt like it's been very hard for me to protect my energy mm-hmm. because like um, some people who may follow me may know, like I had surgery back in April. So um, it really, it's just getting to know my body again and getting to know its cues. And with that, it's been really just interesting trying to sense into my energy a little bit. So I am taking these wasps as kind of like a little bit of a gift, a little bit of annoyance, but a little (laughs) bit of a gift where it's like, you know, wasp is protective energy. It is that like Mm -hmm. big mother energy, right? Like maybe a little bit on that, like shadowy side. They're not like bees, right? They're definitely protectors. So um, this kind of like mother energy coming in to be like, we got you. And What's interesting is that I usually grow hot peppers in my front garden Mm -hmm. to ward off any evil, right? To kind of like keep things away. This year, because our mulberry tree had grown so large, they weren't able to get the sun they needed. So these wasps kind of took up residence like around the corner from them. So to me, it is very like, oh, all right, like spirit has me, the universe has me, like And now, just like if I was to harvest these peppers, like, which would be now, I would have to be careful and, like, mindful not to, like, touch my eyes and, like, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. But now I I have these these wasps. And unfortunately, you know, we did have to take care of them. It was, like, a health and safety issue for not just ourselves, but our neighbors and 
all the people that do kind of come to do like maintenance and stuff around the house. So, um, but yeah, I, it did really kind of feel like, oh, I've got you like from spirit. So, yeah. Well, and I know since you had to uh, get, quote, get rid of them, uh, you do have some wasp bodies hanging around. Yeah. So do you have some inkling about what you might use those for? Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be using them in protection spells mm-hmm. for people. Um, I don't know. I've really been feeling into like my Scorpio-ness a little bit and like <laughs> revenge kind of. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Really I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not really like revengey type of things but like I think I might use them in like true color spells you know what I mean so like that people that I'm just like you know I don't think you're really telling me all you need to tell me right now let's do a little bit of true colors let's get some of that like kind of spitefulness (laughs) coming out because like whatever I'm just fully embracing whatever my energy needs to be at this time in my life (laughs) just going for it yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, for those who have listened to you on the show before and maybe have followed you, um, I, you know, you did have a, a big surgery earlier this year, and I know that you've had a lot of transformation and transition around that. And I wonder if you might talk a little bit about that and kind of how that's influenced your magic and just the, your business and all of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had, um, weight loss surgery. I had gastric bypass surgery, April 25th of this year. Um, it was a process that was like, you know, about a year long process of going into and stuff. Um, but I would say probably about three years ago, I really began this like self care journey, right? That mothering journey of like, Mm. what does it really look like to nurture myself, nurture my soul and nurture my body cues. So I started dropping in a lot more. And like you and I, we did that sacred rage circle. And like we've been doing and just even the work that I've been doing with um, your conferences, they have been very like, get into the body to discover these blockages so that you can actually move past them and like, or honor them the cycles that they are. So um, what I found with that work that I was doing was it became undeniable that um, the weight that I was carrying was emotional weight and that I was like consuming other people's emotions and had been consuming other people's emotions. And I changed my lifestyle like drastically, (laughs) like drastically. And I was still feeling really low energy and just bogged down. Like I just, it didn't, it felt like me, but it didn't feel like me. And the more I tuned in, the more I could hear my body saying, I need help. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And if you worked in the somatic field, if you work in trauma field, like, or anything, like, you know, that like the body reaches a certain point where it feels safe and it won't fluctuate. It won't mm-hmm. do what it needs to do in order to get back in balance because that level of safety needs to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, this is protection. I guess, I guess that's what we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> Surprise. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> here we go. So um, I made the decision. And when I called my doctor, they were definitely like, you are the last person on earth that I thought would have this surgery, but I'm here for it. Like, I know that you know you so well. Um, so yeah, April 25th was my surgery day. It was a crazy process. 
And ever since my recovery, it's an, a year to an 18 month recovery, obviously it's, mm-hmm. it's major surgery. Um, I have just really felt my energy shift and, um, I work with a lot of different practitioners and my osteopath was like, think of it this way. Your stomach was literally asleep. Mm. And then you went in and and now all of the, right. If you think about your stomach as your first brain, your first nurturer, the first thing that like, you know, wants to tell you cues that gut instinct all of this stuff just started kind of rushing to the surface. Um, And I have never felt my body and its intuition the way I have in the last four or five months since surgery. So it's kind of like, I could describe it as like, you're an empath and you're in a grocery store and you didn't create the proper protection. And now you're just sucking it all in, right? And so I have to, be very, very mindful of what I'm literally consuming in a day. Because if I'm, if I don't, then the next day I'm so tired. I'm so lethargic because it's literally getting back to basics. My body is getting back to basics. I've in the last four months, I've lost like 65 pounds and yeah, it's a lot. Like, and it was very, like the first 40 came off very quickly and it my body was just like okay if we're ready we're ready let's go like we're shedding and so the way that it's influenced my my magic is to get back to basics like what actually makes me feel good what kind of practice am I looking to hold what kind of create uh, containers am I looking to create and um yeah it's been very interesting and I've really had to I used to, you know, some days I would work like eight hour days, just reading back to back to back where coming back from surgery, I was like, nope, three hours of reading or three clients is all I'm taking in a day. Mm -hmm. And I've really kind of adjusted my schedule and, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's been really good, but it is this like, almost like my inner child is right there. And I'm like, okay, what do you need? Since this is something that started for me when I was seven or nine years old to be like, what do you need to nurture this so that we can do what we need to do as adults, but also so that we can really step into flow and joy. So it's been an interesting process. Well, and with that, what I'm hearing is you, you've, uh, created a more digestible life for yourself, right? So that you're able to be nourished by it. And, you know, in this like shortening your work days and really listening to your body and all of that. Um, And I know that there's also this way that it's shifting your work because I know we had talked a little bit about rebranding and changing, changing your name and um, for your business and whatnot. And so how do you, how do you think you're looking at your business differently as far as like what you're actually doing and how you're bringing that into the world. Yeah. So I think when I first started, I really was like, I don't want to exclude anyone. I want to be everything for everyone. Uh huh. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I, I think that that was where I needed to start. And it was a beautiful start where now what I'm realizing is that people really gravitate towards me because of my lifestyle, because of the way that I 
discover magic and live in curiosity. And when people are working with me and sitting with me, they're looking to harness that for themselves. How do I come into that, my own personal magic, right? That identity coaching, right? And so I really kind of had to look at, again, what are the practices that have helped me and how do I now translate that um, psychically or intuitively when I'm sitting with you in order to capture that magic for you? So the witch is in, that's still my registered business name. It still will be my registered business name because it was a double entendre, the witch within type of thing. And then the witch is in. Um, but what I'm realizing is that that is an essence. I am the actual product, I guess, if you want to talk about it in business terms. And so branding me or putting me front facing has really kind of over these last nine months where I've been deciding if I should do this, that witch Karina, instead of just the witches in, um, it's really helped me focus in and allowed me to, I don't know, be more direct, I guess, with my messaging as well, because I'm not looking at it as like, how can I fit this for everyone? No, how does this show up for me? And how is that going to resonate for you? And that's what matters. And that's what I want you to take from that. So I hope that made sense. It totally made sense. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's also just such a testament to how, when we go on a personal journey, when we really go within and do personal work, it shifts not only the way we see ourselves, but also the way we relate to the world and the way we're able to bring ourselves into the world. You know, it's going to completely change the way you conceptualize the work that you're doing, whether, you know, I think it's more profound when you're, uh, your your own boss, <laughs> yeah. because you're not working within a system, you are the system, right? Yeah. Um, and so as, as somebody else who's also self-employed in, in all my jobs, um, I definitely see that, that wave, that resonance of when something shifts within me, suddenly everything else is shifting. Um, and I really related to what you said earlier about like shortening your work days. I know when the pandemic started as a, as a psychotherapist, my practice dropped by half mm-hmm. and I was like, oh crap, like, am, am I going to be able to survive? Well, you know what? It picked back up, but it never, I never let it pick back up to where it was before because my capacity had shifted. Mm-hmm. And that was so surprising to me. I was like, oh, I, I changed. I can't hold this container in the way I used to. And to hold it in a way that feels um, in integrity to me, I have to decrease what I'm doing to be able to really show up. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think it's like, it's so abundant. And I think the more that I do this work, the more I step into. And what I hear you saying is like stepping into that deep feminine flow of like, Mm. I'm not supposed to be working at full steam ahead all the time and it can be really scary to shift especially Mm -hmm. if you have like a tower moment that shifts it for you totally where like you like I really was like no my my capacity is not what it used to be and in reality it probably wasn't wasn't what I thought it was to be yes that's it exactly it's like yeah Yeah. I can do it I can do it I can do it and yeah I can do it but am I really doing it in a way that is good for everyone involved (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's really allowed me and like maybe for yourself too, just to step out of survival Mm -hmm. and step into thrival and really see what abundance or wealth looks like and feels like to me in order to be in that state of just receiver and be like, okay, like, what do I need to know today? What do I need to learn today? Who's going to show up today? What's going to happen? Like, it's so beautiful to be in that state. I'm not saying it's easy all the time. It's definitely not. We live in a capitalistic world, mm-hmm. but it's so nice to be on that other side of it now where I'm like, ooh, flow feels good 80% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Cause I definitely am somebody who, yeah, my capacity for all that therapy like decreased. And so I started filling in all the gaps with wise woman witchery projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, which is great and nourishing, yeah. but again, I tend to, I overfire everything. <laughs> I, I understand that. I I'm definitely, I feel like I'm in a state where I'm looking to expand out. I'm looking to fill more time now, right. Uh-huh. We're in that harvest wild woman season. So yeah. I'm definitely looking to kind of create more or be in that space and we'll see I'm like it's interesting the fluctuations that happen for sure yeah so being human such a trip it is I love it (laughs) I do too I love it you know so I I, tell me about the class that you're going to be teaching at the conference and sort Mm -hmm. of what what that's about but also where that came from for you so yeah like like this class on longing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a manifestation, right? I think for me, it really came about last year when I decided to have the surgery. Like when I was like, okay, I had been doing a lot of abundance work, right? Last in April, I did money as your twin flame. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just in this place where I'm like, okay, I can see who I am when I'm living my most abundant life, right? When I I feel like I'm in alignment and all these things. So how do I get from point A to point B while enjoying the ride? (laughs) (laughs) And something for me that kind of has clicked recently is, um, that I needed to change my wants into needs. And I think that like needs are things that we can come into and create safety for us. So when you think of, when you ask someone, what are you grateful for? Let's practice gratitude together. They list their hierarchy of needs. Well, I have food on the table. I have a roof over my head. And um, if you're lucky, you have at least one person that you can call on to talk to and share your life experience with, whatever that might look like, partner, friend, mom, sister, whatever, right? Um, And then I would say, okay, but what else do you want? What else are you grateful for? What else is coming through? Well, I don't know. (laughs) And this guilt and this shame started to come up because people would start to identify, well, I would like, or, you know, it would be nice if I could make an extra thousand dollars a month to put in my bank account, 
or I would, you know, I would love to be able to go on a trip or I would love to have 10 minutes where I can just sip my coffee every day and not have a little one pawing at me furry or person, right? (laughs) Right. Like those type of things and so much guilt and so much shame started to come up. And I noticed this even within my own story, as I was sitting with people and I was going through this process of discovering myself through the different hoops and stuff that you have to do with um, the surgery. And I was like, okay, well, if I want this, and if I really want to shift my mindset from this isn't mine emotionally and allow it to go and not fear it dropping, then I need to start shifting what I see as longings or, uh, or wants into actual needs, things that are going to create safety for myself. And that's, that's where this came along. Wow. I think that's really, um, I just the pieces of that. So starting with the idea that when we recognize that we have longing, often there is a guilt or a shame that comes with it around. It's not okay for me to want more. Look at what I have. It's not okay for me to want more, which is also really counterintuitive to the capitalistic society, which I think speaks to how we as humans are not actually designed to be in a capitalist society, personal bias, but (laughs) that's my lens. But I do, I do think there is something and I, and I will say, I believe this actually might be more intense for women. Um, a lot because we're really taught to like, no, you have what you need, you know, you, you're being taken care of. Don't, don't want more. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not okay to want more. And so there is this shame that comes with wanting more. And yet we all do want something more and it might not be a physical thing. It might not be money. It might not be any of that. It might just be a little extra time or, um, you know, I wish I had a really close friend or, I wish that, you know, I had a different relationship with somebody or whatever it might be, but we all hold longing. And so I think it's really powerful to look at that piece and to look at how that brings up those feelings of shame or guilt um, when we feel into that, Uh, especially because I think also, and I'll speak just, I believe that as women in this culture, we are taught to be the caretakers. So, you know, we have to worry about everybody else's needs, but not our own. Mm-hmm. why would we worry about our own needs that's selfish didn't you know that <laughs> well and taking care of others should fulfill those needs in us. right yes that yes. eternal need yes in us. and what if you're burnt out of that right <laughs> exactly right and so, so yeah go ahead sorry oh I was just gonna say so this idea that we take those needs and we look at them and we turn them you know we turn them into needs instead of just this longing or this want and we make them something that fulfills us, not something that uh, is bad for us to want or selfish for us to want. Mm -hmm. It does open the road to manifesting it in this whole other way, right? Your action plan becomes so much clearer. 100%. Yeah. And you can actually start stepping into like, well, why do I feel guilty about that? Mm -hmm. Why should I feel guilty about that? Right? Like, and how do I begin alchemizing this energy Mm -hmm. So I can step into flow. So I can start practicing flow, whatever that looks like. And intuition, because you said like, you know, I love when, um, do you know Abraham Hicks? Have you Mm -hmm. heard of them? Okay. So, you know, how they talk about like, um, 
and my thought just went, but like stepping into flow, it's not something that you're gonna just have, like you have to practice that you have to be in the state of like curiosity and wonder and really allow for that to grow, especially because I agree with you, socialized women have this place of like, well, you should just be grateful that you can exist somewhere, Mm -hmm. (laughs) show up somewhere. And that like, you know, you have it easy because people are supposed to be taking care of you. But in reality, you're like, that's not actually ever been my experience. My experience has been, I'm taking care of a lot of other people. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And it's, um, it's really, it's rewarding work when we can see like, like I say all the time, I love my home. I love my life. I love it. But I need more. I can, <laughs> we have wasps at our door. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the universe is saying you need to expand. Mm-hmm. You need to get ready to go somewhere else. And that doesn't mean I'm giving up on this. That doesn't mean that I'm poo-pooing this. Right. What this means is I'm saying, I am so, so grateful of the safety and thrival that I'm in. I can't wait to see what my intuition, oh, that's what I was going to say. Abraham Hicks says, if you can think it, right? If you're thinking about it, it's already yours. You just have to step into it. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait to step into that intuitive manifestation that that weave, that web of life is showing me to step into. That's magic. That's real magic. When you can listen, identify and move into that longing, ooh, Wow. Soul evolution, human experience. Boom. Great thing. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think I, I agree that that is all true. And I have one caveat to that because I just want to acknowledge that that's true when you have privilege, you know, as long as you, as long as we are having our basic needs met in a way that we are not functioning in survival mode, you know, when you don't know where your next meal is coming from, it's a lot more difficult to even have the brain power to go to that dreaming place to go to that visioning place. Um, and I just, I just want to acknowledge that because I know we're not, we're not all operating on the same playing field, right? 100%. Um, When people are like, we're in the same boat. It's like, no, we're not. Some people have holes in their boats and some people are on yachts. Like (laughs) we're all in the same ocean. (laughs) Yeah. But we're having a different experience. Yes. I 100% (laughs) agree with you. And I, I, I've been there. Like, yeah, I've been on welfare. <laughs> I've had to use food banks. I've had to be in a place where I've asked my parents for money and yeah. had to borrow things and like had creditors calling me and being like, whatever. I'm very grateful for where I am now versus yes. where I was before, because I very much have lived in survival. And it is, it is interesting that like, yes, when we are working from a place of pure survival, how do we create space to daydream? How do we create space to go like, that'd be nice if, Mm. and instead go, all right, what is maybe one thing I can do today that can create safety in myself instead of the experience that I'm living right now? How am I showing up for me? And I think that that's where it really can make a difference. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard if you're not, if you're not there. 
like well, like actually physically tangibly there yeah totally and i think this circles right back to where we were starting when we first started talk when you were talking about feeling safe in your body and the way that we hold on to things in our bodies um because if we are in survival mode there is this contraction around that and it is really hard to open to anything when we're in contraction mm-hmm. um it's just i i mean i yeah, just to name that. I just think it's yeah. I think it's fascinating personally the way that we our bodies work with the the trauma that we experience or the fears that we experience. Um and being a highly anxious person, I'm very familiar with that co- contraction. Um mm-hmm. so I know I know what I need to do to start to get out of it and I I yeah. too have been um pretty down poor in my life. Yeah. <laughs> showing up at the grocery store with my calculator, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I can afford this and this and that. Nope, not that. We're not having that this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, or having to borrow money or have creditors. So I understand being in that place, which I think, uh, you know, it's a lot of work to get out of it because once yeah. you step into survival, you are trying to survive and you start yeah. to see everything as a threat and you forget how to teach your body about safety because nothing feels safe in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bigger bridge than 100%. when you're already feeling safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like for myself, I always like remind people, like, if you do want to work with me and you are experiencing financial hardship, mm-hmm. please let me know. We can figure out a different energy exchange that feels abundant uh-huh. for you. Not abundant for me, abundant for you. And if that matches what I can offer at this time, then let's do it. Let's go. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think it's really important for me that I, and I, I'm grateful that you did bring that up because like, um, I think sometimes like now that I'm in this place where I'm like, let's go. I, you can forget that, that, that that is a privilege. I am living a very privileged life at this point in my life. And I'm not going to feel shame or guilt about that. But at the same time, and I I know you weren't saying that, but at the same time, I do need to remember those roots, those basics Mm -hmm. and like that basic needs, those hierarchy of needs really do need to be met before we can step into thrival. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, it's something I often remind myself of because I have my own shame that comes up around having wants and needs. And then I, and then I go, oh, but you know, you are so privileged. You shouldn't want anything else because you have a roof over your head and you have food and you know, you have a car, it's really old, but you have a car that drives, (laughs) you know, know, all these things. Um, so anyway, anyway. isn't that interesting too? I just want to like, kind of like because I, I do work and I have worked, right? Like I worked in the social service field mm-hmm. before I did this. I did work in, you know, um, like healthcare, like at-risk people. And that it's always persons who have the least that are like, well, I actually have so much to be grateful for. I don't, at least I'm not this. At least I'm not here. And it's like, right. But also (laughs) you can want more here. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this kind of like breaking that almost like generational cycle of like, well, my dad grew up without electricity for the longest time, right? He had to wash in a wash bucket for Uh the longest time. And then when he grew up, it was like, well, at least, yeah, I don't like my job, but at least I'm getting paid. And at least I have electricity. And at least I have, 
you know, a shower that I can shower yes. twice a day or whatever. And, but with like me, like, that's just a natural privilege that I grew up with. Like I had like, you know, whatever that looked like. So it, it is interesting that like, okay, we can move that generational line. We can move that generational privilege up, but yeah, the, those roots are important, not just for ourselves, but even our ancestors coming forward, right? Like yeah. how, how privileged we are and how they want us to strive. They want us to step more and more into thrival. So, mm-hmm. cause they longed for it. They longed for it. That's why they work so hard. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is meaty. <laughs> it's always <laughs> philosophical and magical. And- <laughs> <laughs> We're just going there. We're just going mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this class that you're teaching about longing is really about looking at these, all these pieces that you've named and they're, mm-hmm. they come from your own examination of those pieces for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I, I break it down in a way that's going to be practical for you. Awesome. I like, love that. You I, do do that. Actually, yeah. every class I've ever had the privilege of being a part of that you've taught is always broken down in a very um, easy to reach kind of way. Like, like for the masses, you know, it's yeah. not like, oh, we're up here in this philosophical realm and I don't quite get how this applies to me. It's like, no, let's break this down to some steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause that's how I learn. Yeah, like I, I can't, I can't learn if you're going to like just spit jargon at me. <laughs> like I need, <laughs> I need to know what that jargon means. I need to, I need to know how to even access, right. Like going right. back to, you know, how do I access that to, to make it apply to me in any way? So we're actually going to just examine like three journal prompts and go from there. And like, I'm going to break those journal prompts down into like, this is how you should be looking at these journal prompts. Mm -hmm. This is what's coming up in these journal prompts. And um, the people like I I have shared this before in other conferences and people were like, that was amazing. Like you Mm -hmm. actually made things very crystal clear. And now I just need to practice these steps. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, for anybody who's interested, this conference, the season of the witch, the fourth annual one is happening on October 6th and 7th. Um, I'm actually teaching a pre-conference workshop ritual on the 5th, but Karina will be joining us for uh, one of those two long days and we are just packing it full of magic. So if you want to come and have, have some experiential fun with us, uh, please register. The link is in the show notes. And Karina, if people want to work with you, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, so check me out on Instagram, that witch Karina. Um, or of course, you can always visit my website, thewitchesin.com. And of course, that's inn.com. Um, because yeah, you'll be able to just email me or drop into my DMs. I'm always happy to have like a little chat. And we can even set up a little complimentary 15 minute call to see if you do want to work with me like one-on-one, like what that would look like for you and what would be the best service for you. Perfect. That sounds great. And I will put your information in the show notes as well. So people can just hopefully click and click and go. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Um, I love, I love our chats. (laughs) It's always such a nice a nice way to just like, oh yeah, like, yes. Like reinvigorate myself. Yeah, I love a little inspiration. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So everyone, thank you for tuning in and being with us today. And until next time, keep it magical.
Hey there, friends. Emily here from Wise Woman Witchery. If you like what you hear on The Witch Next Door, I invite you to support us. You can do that by rating, reviewing, liking, following, uh, what else? <laughs> Whatever else it is that you do on the platform you like to listen to podcasts on. By doing these things, it actually helps other people find us. And in that way, helps us spread the magic. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thanks for being a listener. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.